0: Good morning, and welcome to virtual worship on this, the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. My name is Nicholas Gonzalez, and I'm the associate pastor here at St. Andrew, and I'm so thankful that you're joining us in virtual worship this morning. And I pray a blessing on your worship, as together we begin in the name of our triune God, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, together let us confess our sins before God, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. God's promise to us is that he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Because of Jesus, his promise is that we receive the forgiveness of all of our sins because of his great love for us as a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for planting in us the seed of your word. By your Holy Spirit, help us to receive it with joy, live according to it, and grow in faith and hope and love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Hear now the reading from the word for today, which comes from the gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter that same day jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying listen a sower went out to sow and as he sowed some seeds fell on the path and the birds came and ate them up other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear the parable of the sower. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, and in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the gospel of the Lord.
1: Hi, everyone. Today, we hear the parable of the sower. Do you know what a sower is? A sower is someone who scatters seeds across the ground so that things may grow. In this parable, the seeds represent God's word. Who has planted God's word in your heart? Maybe your parents have taught you about God's love. Maybe your pastor or your Sunday school teachers have read the word of God to you. Whoever it is, someone has planted the love of God in your heart. When Jesus teaches us that if we receive his word and understand it, that seed in our heart will grow. We can plant the seed of God's love in the hearts of others, just like Jesus has with us. When the sower scatters his seeds, it is sometimes called broadcasting. Who can you broadcast the love of God to? This week, remember to plant God's love in good soil and scatter it to everyone around you. On September 26th in the year 1774, a little less than two years before the signing of the Declaration of Independence, which we celebrated last weekend, a man by the name of John Chapman was born in a little town northwest of Boston, Massachusetts, which he left while still a young man to travel the infant nation and to carry out two simultaneous vocations, one of which was as a missionary, where he preached the gospel from one place to another. And the other of which was as a nurseryman, meaning that he planted things in a location known as a nursery and nurtured those plants until he was able to transplant them to orchards and farms and gardens and other locations. And because John Chapman's apprenticeship as a nurseryman took place on an apple orchard, it turned out that apple trees ended up being his specialty which was good because apple trees were not widely known in certain places of Pennsylvania, Ohio, Illinois, and Indiana, also known as the Northwest Territory at that time. And so Chapman would go to place to place, and he would plant a nursery, and he would preach the gospel. And he would nurture the seeds physically, and he would nurture the people spiritually until some time passed, And the transplant took place and then he moved on. And apparently he was very effective as a missionary and became much loved by Native Americans, many of whom were converted to the Christian faith as a result of his missionary work. And he was also very effective in his other vocation, so much so that it earned him the nickname Johnny Appleseed which stuck with him for the rest of his life until he died at the age of 70 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And so John Chapman was a sower of seeds, some of which account for the growth of delicious fruit that had never been grown before in certain areas of this new country, and some of which grew into followers of Jesus Christ as the Christian faith made its way across the infant land thanks in part to the ministry of Johnny Appleseed. Well, the parable of the sower in the Gospel of Matthew uh, isn't exactly the most popular of all the stories that Jesus ever told when you think about the prodigal son or the Good Samaritan, for example. But it's still up there, and its lessons are still very compelling, even though our circumstances are obviously very different than they were in Jesus' day or even in the day of Johnny Appleseed. Today, John Deere manufactures a planting machine that's literally 120 feet wide, and it can plant 42 rows simultaneously, 32 inches apart, in soil that is good and has been well-prepared, and you can even program that machine to withhold the seed from low spots on the farm or places where the soil just isn't good. When Jesus said that a sower went to sow, he was talking about a guy with a bag of seed over his shoulder who would take a fistful in his hand and he would throw it out recklessly, lavishly, indiscriminately, and even wastefully, at least by our modern day standards. But that's how they did it. After which, Jesus goes on to describe these four categories of soil, which you already heard in the parable, represent four different kinds of people, four different kinds of responses to the seed, which represents the word of God's grace and truth. And so, first of all, there is the seed of the path. And it's hard. And the seed can't get through it. And it represents a person whose heart is heart, who is not receptive to the word of God, doesn't let it in. Or maybe their life has been so trampled down that that's the only way they think they can live or or somehow survive in this world. And then he says there's the the rocky ground, which is actually a combination of, of soil and stone. And there the seed grows for a little while, but when the sun comes out and the heat is on, it withers and it dies. It doesn't survive because the roots have not grown deep. And, and that represents the person who is initially very excited about the word of God and about their faith and God is good because life is good. But when the going gets tough and the heat is on, We also wither spiritually because our roots haven't grown deep enough to withstand those tough times. And then there's the soil in which thorns also grow up. And they represent the things of this world like money or creature comforts or power or politics or whatever it is that can get wrapped around us more tightly than the word of God itself and choke the spiritual life right out of us. And then, of course, there is the good soil. And that represents the person who is just open, receptive to the word of God. And it it grows in them. And the roots grow deep. And they end up bearing all kinds of wonderful fruit for the eternal harvest of God. According to Jesus, sometimes a hundredfold, sometimes 60, sometimes 30, which would have absolutely blown the minds of his original listeners who would have known that the average yield of a crop on a first-century Palestinian farm was more like fourfold or maybe fivefold, which was Jesus' way of saying, in essence, that what the Word of God can produce in your life is beyond your wildest dreams. Well, that leads me to a couple of questions that I want to throw out to you from my little bag of words today, the first of which is, What kind of soil am I? In other words, what's the condition of my heart for God and and for his word? Because I think that all of us, I know I can certainly think of people I know who I would put in every one of those categories that I just described. But the question is, what about me? What about my life, my relationship with the word of God, are there times when I am closed and my heart is hard and my mind is closed to to something that God in his word wants to get through to me about the way I live my life, about the way I serve him, about the way I love my neighbor. And I'm just resisting it because I know something about the changes that it would ultimately require in my life. Are there times when I too act like God is good because life is good, but when the going gets tough and the heat is on, do I also start to wither because the roots just haven't grown deep enough to withstand those troubled times and and my faith is far more superficial than it needs to be? Or are there times when, there are things around me that are like thorns that, that poke holes in my spiritual life and choke it right out of me, whether uh, it is money or whether it is uh, power or whether it's, it's politics. I recently uh, read in a number of different sources that an increasing number of American Christians are adapting or changing their religion to conform to their politics. Rather than changing their politics, to conform to their faith in the word of God. And that's a dangerous place to be. Or am I just open? Am I receptive to the changing power and the gross, growth-producing energy of God's word in Christ? Because, you know, we teach and we believe that we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, through God's word alone. And that it's not something that that you can do. You can't save yourself. You know, God has to give it to you. But we don't believe that grace is irresistible. And so I can reject it. I can resist it. My mind can be closed. My heart can be hardened to it. Or I can use it in kind of a superficial way that really isn't very deep. Or I can let something that's going on elsewhere in my life, you know, choke its power right out of me. I can do all of those things. And I know that because I have already done all of those things, which either makes me a very unqualified pastor or maybe a very qualified one. But the question is, what kind of soil am I? And the next question is, what kind of sower am I? Am I methodical? Am I deliberate? Am I careful? Do I want to do it in a certain way with a certain method or style? And do I want to pick and choose where the seed is or isn't planted because God forbid I would cast it into the life of somebody else's no good soil? Or am I willing to throw it out there randomly, recklessly, indiscriminately in ways that some people might even think are a little foolish. With all due respect to John Deere, that's actually the kind of sower that I believe the parable is calling us to be, because that's the kind of sower that Jesus was. As he went from place to place and from person to person, and he cast the seed of God's grace and truth, the seed of his message of the kingdom of God into the lives of people who were not of his country. They were not of his gender. They were not of his race. They were not of his religion. And some were, even though they were also getting it all wrong. And as you probably know, that kind of reckless sowing got Jesus in a lot of trouble. But it also changed the world. And so what kind of soil am I? What kind of sower am I? And then there's one more thing about this parable that uh, isn't actually stated in the parable, but it would have been certainly understood by Jesus' original listeners. And for me, it's really the game changer. And it, it tells us everything that we ever need to know about the mission of the church today. And it has to do with this. In our agricultural society, we work hard to prepare the soil, and and to make it good. And then we plant the seeds so that the soil will be receptive and those seeds will grow. That is exactly the opposite of the way they did it in Jesus' time. It's the opposite of first century agriculture where they sowed the seed first and then they worked it into the soil First they sowed the seed, then they tilled the soil. And if that is true, and if that seed represents the word of God's grace and truth, and that soil represents people like you and me at various stages and times in our lives then that does tell you just about everything you'll ever need to know about the mission of the church today, which is not to go out and try to make somebody perfect or good enough in order to then receive the grace of God. It is to send the grace of God recklessly, lavishly, indiscriminately, everywhere we can, and then work with the people that God has placed us with so that hearts will melt, so that the roots will grow deep so that we can bear the fruit of a great harvest for God, sometimes a hundredfold, sometimes 60, sometimes 30, but always beyond our wildest dreams. And I hope you know that we're living in a time where we need to spread that seed, to, to plant that seed, to work with the people around us to love God by loving our neighbor in every way we can. And it is needed as much as ever before. So that the seed of God's grace and truth and the good news of the kingdom could once again sweep the nation and encircle the world. John Chapman, better known as Johnny Appleseed, was a sower, both physically and also spiritually. Until, as I said, he died at the age of 70 in a house in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which coincidentally was across the street and within walking distance of the seminary I attended. The word seminary actually comes from the word for seed, and it is also kind of a nursery where pastors and other church workers are grown up, at least for a while, until they are transplanted to other places around the nation and throughout the world so that the process can go on. But the thing is that that seed has been planted in the life of every child of God, every person who is baptized in Christ, who by his loving spirit meets us where we are, and he works with us us so that we can plant the seeds and bring in a harvest of love eternally for the Lord of life. And so may you be good soil in all of your life and be receptive to the change and the growth that God's word can still produce in you and me beyond our wildest dreams. And may you be a good sower and share God's grace with the people around you recklessly, lavishly, indiscriminately for the joy and the purpose of your life, for the hope of the world in which we live and for the greater glory of God in Jesus who tells a really good story with compelling and powerful lessons about the reckless love of God for you and me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Church, let us join our voices as we confess our common Christian faith, found in the words of the Apostles' Creed. We confess together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, together let us pray for the church, the world, and for all of creation. Trusting in God to hear us when we call. Lord God, your word will not return to you empty, but will accomplish your purpose in sending it. By your Holy Spirit, make our hearts good soil for your word to be planted, that we may give evidence of a sturdy faith and show forth in our lives the good works that you've called us to do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, You have granted us great riches and gifts. Keep our hearts from being overburdened by the things of this mortal life, whether in time of plenty or in time of want. Deliver us from persecution and sustain us from all tribulation, that our hearts may be ever fixed upon the true treasure of your grace. Accept the tithes and offerings we bring as part of our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving for all your goodness and blessings in our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, you are the great physician and the Lord of life. Be with those who are suffering from illness and ailments of both body and soul. Give them strength to persevere during these times and heal them according to your will. Watch over their families as they provide comfort and care, and may they cling to you during this time and find hope in the promises of Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God Almighty, you are a God of peace and mercy. As we face suffering in our lives, Lord, we ask that you would give us strength to persevere, endurance to build our character, and hope in your presence as your love has been poured out among us. Fill us with this great hope each and every day by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Lord, mighty God, You are the strength of the hills and the hope to the ends of the earth. Give to our hearts your perfect peace, that we may not be anxious nor live in fear, but rest all our hopes, dreams, and desires upon your merciful goodness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, into your hand we commend all for who and for what we pray. Together, as we pray the family prayer of the church, our Father, receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord.